Let's think together about Jesus' words, render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's and to God the things that are God's, which raises the whole issue of the state and the Christian's relationship to the state in connection to his relationship to God. So the setting is Matthew chapter 22, and the Pharisees are aiming to entangle Jesus, it says, in a trap. Uh, They intend to hang him on the horns of a dilemma. So they come and they say, now Jesus, we know that you are a true teacher and you've come from God and you speak the way of God with faithfulness and you're not impressed by anybody's uh, face and you don't cow to anybody's opinion. This is called buttering up. Jesus is gonna call it malicious because they don't give a rip what Jesus thinks. They mean to entangle him. And here's what they intend to entangle him in. They say, taxes to Caesar. Is it lawful to pay them or not? Now, the Pharisees are there and the Herodians are there, which gives it a politically supercharged situation. Pharisees, super duper, high powered allegiance to the Old Testament and the people of Israel. The Herodians, they're on Herod's side. Herod's a lackey government of the Roman Empire who are the overlords, the occupiers of Israel, not popular people among the Jews. This is kind of a setup. And the question, should we pay taxes, is going to hang Jesus. Because if he says, yes, pay them, then he's a traitor to the Jewish cause. Because that means, yeah, we're all in favor of the Roman overlords and the Jews aren't. They hate being occupied by a foreign government like this. So supporting these taxes is like betraying your people. Or if they say, don't pay, if Jesus says, don't pay, then that means... Good, you're okay with the Jews and you're a revolutionary in the Roman situation. You're gonna be in trouble either way. And, and that's what they wanted. They wanted to ruin this man's reputation one way or the other. Let's just get rid of this guy and tangle him up in his words. Now, what will Jesus do? So Jesus says, show me the coin that you use to pay the tax. So give him a coin and he says, whose image is on it? And they say, Caesar's. And Jesus says, render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's. Now, if he had stopped right there, that would have said, pay. And he would have been out of sorts with the Jews. So they were excited that he had hung himself on one of the horns of this dilemma. And then he opens his mouth and says, and render to God the things that are God's. And it says they were amazed and walked away. Now, what what just happened? A lot of people say, well, he just cleverly dodged the question. It was a a politically shrewd thing to do to just escape from the dilemma. Is that that what that was? I don't think so. (laughs) It's true that Jesus didn't give us the answer 
about the relationship between Caesar and God on a platter. Like, here's the answer, three steps, how to relate to the state. He did not define the scope of things that belong to Caesar. He didn't define the scope of things that belong to God. He left it open. He didn't define the relationship. He just said, give to Caesar the things that are Caesar's and, just an and, give to God the things that are God's. What I think Jesus is doing, and he does it many times, is looking right at us and saying, think, think about what I'm saying. Am I really dodging the issue here? Aren't I really giving you the answer that you need? So let's do that. Let's think. What belongs to God? Render the things to God that belong to God. What belongs to God? Everything belongs to God. And as soon as you say that, as soon as you realize, oh my, everything belongs to God, Caesar belongs to God. All the things that belong to Caesar belong to God. All the rights that Caesar has to rule belong to God. And now you start thinking through the implications of that. And let me give you three. You test to see whether these three are really there. Because this is what I think Jesus wanted us to do. I don't think he wanted us to say, oh, clever, avoidance of the issue, dodged, shrewd politics, Jesus is on to another issue. I think Jesus wanted, wanted us to linger here over the implications of everything belongs to God and Caesar is part of everything. I think he wants us to, to, to think about that. Here's implication number one. Everything Caesar has and all the authority that he rightfully claims is derivative from what God has and what God claims. So remember Pilate and Jesus. We're on trial for our lives. Jesus is looking at Pilate, not saying anything. And Pilate says to him, don't you realize I have authority to crucify you and to let you go? And you remember what Jesus said? You wouldn't have any authority if it hadn't been given you from above. Caesar and all of his lackeys, the entire state of every nation on the planet, has the authority it has only under the sovereignty of God, which means Whatever they can claim, they claim derivatively. Here's the second implication. Namely, it's limited. The authority, the sphere of Caesar is limited. So we have Acts chapter 5, verse 29, and the apostles are being told to shut up and quit teaching in Jerusalem all this truth about the resurrection of Jesus. And they say, look, you may think it's right to obey man rather than God. We must obey God rather than man. I don't care what authority you have. God has superior authority. Yours is limited. We're following God. We're open in our mouth. I don't care what you say, Mr. Authority. So there's a limitation put on human authority and state authority by the fact that if any human authority tells us to do what contradicts what God tells us to do, we say, no, 
there's a limitation. So that's implied in the fact that everything that's God is over and limiting what is Caesar's. And the last implication is that all of our submission to Caesar, and we do render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's. Romans 13 is all about submitting to government. It is shaped. Our submission to the government, to Caesar, is shaped by the fact that God owns everything. Here's what I mean. Submit for the Lord's sake. And I think that little phrase, for the Lord's sake, is like a banner flying over all submission to human authority. And we Christians should be a humble, submissive people. We should keep our speed limits. If we're children, we should obey our parents. If we're church members, we should submit to our leaders. If we are um, wives, we should submit to our husbands. If we're employees, we should get in on time and leave on time and not fudge on what the employer expects of us. We are a people who submit, but we don't do it because any human authority claims us. They don't. We do it for the Lord's sake. So if I render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and he says, why are you doing this? I will never say, because you have final authority in my life. I will never say, because you are God. I will always say, I'm rendering allegiance to you because I have a authority over you. Which means, paradoxically, that our submission to Caesar is seditious as soon as Caesar claims to be God. We don't ever go beyond the rightful claims of Caesar under God. So, conclusion. Um, Christians are law-abiding people. We, we pay our taxes. We drive the speed limit, don't we? We keep our grass cut. If I get a ticket from the government, I mean the state or the county of uh, Hennepin that I live in, they say, you got too much debris in your backyard. I don't say, who are you to tell me how much debris I can have? I just go clean it up. That's what I do, and I should have done it sooner. My disposition is to comply, but we never render to any authority under God absolute allegiance. We never give unlimited obedience. We never say, I submit to you because you are my final authority. We always do it for Christ's sake, which turns our obedience into human authorities, turns it in to worship. So Father, I pray that as we discuss together the complexities of being under multiple authorities in the spheres of our lives, you would give supernatural wisdom to these brothers and sisters so that we might walk in a way that pleases you and glorifies Christ. I pray this in his name. Amen.